Welcome to this uh, festive edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. Uh, it's a pre-Christmas build-up and uh, a bit of sad news. This will be the last one of the year as well, with it being Christmas Eve next Wednesday and New Year's Eve the Wednesday after. Um, I've had people try to twist me on to come in on New Year's Eve and not a chance, because we'll be in the... Where are we going, Mick? Springer? Run your race for lobbies. Well, yeah, lobbies first, yeah. Yeah, then, then spring, then yeah. spring yeah. So, then, so that's all sorted. Then, then back, back two years for a, a drunken uh, rampage. Right, as long as I thought I was going to say for a drunken fondle then, but I thought, <laughs> no, <laughs> what's going on here, Michael? You don't, you don't need to be drunk to do that, Barry. All right. <laughs> right, so let's have a look too long. what we're going to be talking about this evening. Um, we're going to have a look back at the Watford game. Both uh, Gareth and Adam went, so they're going to have a, uh, give us their views on that. We've got an interview with a Rotherham fan as we look forward to this weekend's game. Paul Roberts, uh, he's a Miller, Miller man. He's going to be speaking to us a little later on. And then uh, we're going to be discussing the Malky Mackay interview that he carried out last week. We're going to ask the guys around the table, what do we want for Christmas? With, with the Latics uh, view on it. We've got the Leeds Boxing Day and the players' gesture to talk about. Uh, we've got FA Cup returns with Bolton away uh, and a Merry Christmas everyone that's how we're going to finish off so anyway it's going to be a bumper edition a bumper edition we're going to cram it all into 30 minutes ok good luck <laughs> well maybe 45 then right ok Gareth uh, we start off have we got any stats from uh, the Watford versus Wigan Athletic game at the weekend yes I've just been handed the stats for the uh, Watford versus Wigan Athletic game <laughs> on Saturday possession Watford 57%, Latics 43. Attempts, Watford managed 14, Latics 11. Both teams managed 4 attempts on target. Watford had no corners, Wigan had 6. Watford committed 11 fouls, Latics committed 8. Watford got 2 yellow cards, Wigan just the 1. No reds, and we lost again 2-1. We lost against 2 1, yeah, we did. And, and you both yourself and Adam were over there, weren't they? First of all, before we talk about the game, what was London like? Or can you not. What happened in London stays in London. He's smiling, everybody. To be absolutely <laughs> truthful, after saying last week, you, you were telling me how good Watford was, wasn't you? Yeah. And I was saying, oh, we're going up London. And we stayed in Watford. And was it good? It was, it was a really good night in Watford. Yeah, yeah, we had a good time. So what happens in Watford stays in Watford? Well. Nothing, nothing to write home about you know. so well there you go what happens in Watford stays in Watford mm, mm, say no more say no more Gary anyway so let's get back to the football that's what we're here for I got the we arrived we were a little bit late arriving Watford started superbly they really did and for the first this is my opinion and I don't know if you thought the same Adam yeah. for the first 20 minutes Watford really put us under, under a lot of pressure but fair play to Wigan um, we got a foothold in the game and, and after about half an hour the last 15 minutes or so of the first half Wigan were the better side in my opinion we got the goal and then started well again after the break but Watford finished very well in my opinion could have had a couple of goals later the difference between the two teams were the attacking players Troy Dealey was well very good and his wide men as well I thought they played very well. And Dealey? Is he married to Cat Dealey? <laughs> sorry. Dean is sorry. I'm sorry. Um, was it Anya? Anya played well for them, I believe. Well, yeah. 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 So what did you make of it, Adam? Uh, I think it was better, but still not good enough. 
vessel. What did you right? Uh, what did you make of the no striker tactic? Now, when I saw, I know James McLean played up front, but he's a, he's a winger. And uh, when I saw the team, I was scratching my head. There was loads of comments on Twitter about it. I don't know if anybody saw saw the Twitter comments. We rolled up there. We know we know recognised striker. Right? I think if. What was the buzz around the ground? What was people saying when the team was announced? Well, I think it was a bit of disappointment again. On, like, on the coach I was on, it was a bit like, what's he doing? What was the idea? I think if every person on the team played like James McLean did on Saturday, we'd have a good team because he put so much effort in. The problem is he, he'd go out wide and he'd cross into the middle and he'd realise he's a striker and there's no one in the middle. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's yeah. the problem when you play exactly. square pegs in round holes, isn't it? Well, if we had Grant Hall. They, yeah, they, they it pull is. out to make the space. Yeah. Somebody from that midfield should be filling it up. Malcolm Mackay obviously thought Pace would have Watford, and that's why he stuck McLean up front. But personally, I would have put McManaman in the centre. In the centre, McLean ain't wide. Because he's more of a goal scorer, isn't he? He can't finish his yeah. team. McManaman's sure he can finish. McLean, I've not seen McLean score a one on one yet. Mm. And how many chances he had? He had three or four in one game last season against QPR. As Adam said, though, backing up what Adam said before, there was one particular occasion in the second half where McLean got the ball. And he had fair play to McLean, he's not the best player in the world. In fact, last week I called him rubbish. But he worked hard on Saturday. Um, there was an occasion where he held the ball up on the left-hand side and he was waiting, waiting, waiting. There was nobody. Kelly and, and, and McManaman should have been in that penalty area. And they weren't. They were absent. I don't think McManaman would be interested. No, okay. I didn't either. No. And also, another another thing that was wrong for me, I couldn't lay Espinosa up on the left-hand side because it wasn't good enough. No. It wasn't good enough. Once again, he, he can't make a pass. That's his big, big... Espinosa should come on as a substitute and provide energy. I've only seen him start one game and have a good game. That was a good final. FA Cup final. Well, we did build him up last week, so McCann must have been listening to this podcast. Yeah. One player I will give a plus to, certainly the first half, was Boise. I thought Boise was great at the back. He really was, for me, great at the back. Yeah. That first goal was a bit of a uh, comedy of errors, wasn't it? It was. It was a nothing header, wasn't it, what put him through as well? He was like... I mean, I've seen the goals, that's all I've seen from the game. And that Troy second goal was like the one, the Craig Davis goal at Bolton, which coming at the back post and perched on the wrong side of him. Yeah. He's never going to win there. Header. Well, was Pooch playing? Was he playing? Did we play with the back three, or was he? He was on the right. right back? He was definitely playing right back. Yeah, because he seemed to be inside quite a lot. Yeah, it was another test of a partnership between Boyce and Barnett on Saturday in the middle, and it's debatable whether it worked or not. But still, still the errors, same old errors that we need to work on defensively. It's a question from me to the pair of you. Having, having obviously seen the previous home game. Um, and then obviously that away game. I don't know you went to the, the other away games. You've been to all Marquis games, haven't you? No, I didn't Did go you, to Sheffield Wednesday. Right, but I've, I've been seeing now three games. Do you see the team being able to get out of the predicament that they're in? Tell me to be honest. Yeah. No. No. It was very. No. Mm. Well, I, I, Watford were the better side for me. The two games that I've seen at home, I, I would be seriously on the fence if not. Joining you saying no. Well, all the games I've seen this season, we, we look like a, a team ready for relegation because yeah. we've been crap. That's it, isn't it? We've been crap. League table doesn't lie. It doesn't. Christmas time. No, it doesn't. So, what's changed so much from last season? Sure, we've had a couple of people leave, but 
the nucleus of the side is still there, so why? Yeah, but it's it was the the engine system. room or yeah. damn, it, it was McCarthy. all your creativity stripped out of the team and all your legs and all mm. the running and all the donkey mm. work, if you will, stripped out of the team. And there's no players like James McCarthy knocking about anymore. You can't, how many, how many players are, are similar to James McCarthy? Then they're not knocking about anymore. And that's a major part of it. We lost Nick Pebble, who bagged 10 goals as well, or whatever it was. 12, wasn't it? Gomez got yeah, 10. Yeah, Gomez knocked 10. Yes. And we've signed two duds. That's who we've lost all the goals. And then we've lost the engine room midfield, and Bors is your as well. You, you wouldn't think we'd miss him as much as that, but... How did Chris Pican play? Chris Pican played all right. Yeah, he yeah. played. Because yeah. talking about goals, he's played four games. And score t- score twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's now our second leading goal scorer. He's only played four games. <laughs> four he's, goals. He's only I played four games since March. I think that virtually sums up our season so far. There's only a few players down at the uh, club who, for me, at the moment, are actually pulling away, earning the earning the coin. To be honest with you. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I I think Saturday's game was same old same as. Do you think we're demotivated at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're rock. <laughs> It's not, we won one game in 16. One Dad, game in 16. We have to win two games to pull out to the bottom yeah. three. I, 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 I wrote two games. Games. Two, two teams. I cannot, yeah. I cannot yeah. honestly agree with a statement like that. I wrote a piece of Any professional has to be motivated. We couldn't win a raffle at the moment. It's wrong. If we were the only ones that bought a ticket. I mean, Paul said this loads of times before. It, it's that when, when your confidence is rock bottom. And there's, there's no one in the box. We've said how many times. That's because no one believes the, the ball's not going to be there, and they're not. Yeah, you know, the ball's not going to get in a good position. Get whatever. Out exactly. Out position. Yeah. Uh, well, there's, yeah a massive, there's a massive part of that. But listening to Malcolm McCall, uh, for those who, who don't know, we interviewed Malcolm McCall last week, and both me and Dan were there and we recorded, it and it's gone into the podcast. But he was uh, alluding to something when he was um, speaking about. When he's, he, he does his team, his match debriefing on a Tuesday morning, and he was saying uh, he makes them watch the video and he puts some incidents on. He, he pulls out highlights, and he pulls out lowlights, and he encourages the teams, the players, to talk about it and what they make of it. And he said they found him very reluctant to speak. He, he said this, didn't he? And he yeah. said because it was as though they were going to get lambasted and they were going to get jumped upon. And it seems like there's that, there's been that sort of feeling around the club where if you drop a bollock you're going to get your ass kicked up and down you know and he said he does look like they're scared to death of making the mistakes Maybe like Paul says is that why they're not flooding into the box Absolutely. because they're frightened of losing the position the goal comes of it but sometimes in football well not sometimes in football you have to take gambles don't you you have to gamble you get rewarded but, but people cover for you you cover for each you other can, you can see that through the whole of Uwe Rosler's reign where to start with He's, he's basically gone at him and said, right, go at him. And then as soon as that, when that works a treat, fantastic. As soon as that, you start to make mistakes, if then your managerial style is to pick up on those mistakes, you may mistake it. Like you said, the confidence will slowly erode and they will naturally drop into a more defensive mindset. You know, people say, oh, defensive formation. It's not a defensive formation. You know, look at Spain, false number nine. There's no strikers. They didn't. They didn't sit back and defend. They went forward. It, it's a it's a mindset. And if you think you're going to get a mistake, and you think you're going to get your arse chewed for 
for getting caught out of position. You don't go out of position. You stay back. You don't try and play a through ball. You play a ball sideways because you're not making a mistake then because your pass reaches its man. You play a ball backwards. You don't try and turn the... You know, when you're a, a centre-half being put under pressure, you don't try and turn the forward and buy yourself space and then play a pass out. You take the easy ball. You, do, you drop it back to Scott Carson who takes the easy ball and hoofs it. Doesn't just play a little pass. You know, you look at Martin as Martin as you say do the absolute opposite. You know, don't you worry, you just keep passing it back to Ali. Let Ali pass it across the back four. You know, don't worry about that. I'll take responsibility. Yeah, but look at it look at yeah, it when, when they got the confidence up and they didn't make mistakes, look what they did. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's something I've actually noticed me over these uh, over this last twelve month period is we've got to this stage now where we, we are looking as though we're scared to be stuck with the ball we don't want to be the man who gives the ball away etc mm. so we're giving it back to our keeper and what's our keeper doing putting his laces through it yeah. but the thing is is why can't a defender do that when Ramis was doing it early on in the season people were going oh, here we go long ball game but the alternative was give it to Carson and what was he doing long ball mm -hmm. and I just think well it's more economical for Ramis to do that now just, go, just going back to this fear factor nobody should be playing a game like that with a fear factor over their head. Every good manager and every good coach encourages the players to go forward with the ball. Right? In other words, you make progress. And the only person you do check, to be honest with you, is your keeper. Because you don't want your keeper running around doing daft things all over the place. But you give, you've got to trust your players to know what's right on the pitch at that particular time. So if you're giving any player strict instructions, you do not cross that line, you do not do this, you do then what's the point of sending that player in? So would you say that Mackay is struggling to stamp his authority, his mark on the side, and we're still suffering from... He's only been right. I, I think what he's got Isn't to it? do, I think one of his biggest challenges is, is this mental thing, this mental block he's got, this mental wall that he has to chip away at, which is these players were conditioned under the two previous managers. He's got to get rid of all that before he imposes right. his... He's not but he, he, it's only when he gets the confidence when he actually proves himself into the players says that what he's talking about makes sense that the players will buy into it so as regards again and I'm sorry I'm going back uh, going back five minutes here now to this demotivating and stuff like that no uh, confidence is low in the team confidence is low in the team but I don't think any of them players need to be motivated as to uh, compete and give 100% I think some of them are competing and trying to compete in a foreign place on the pitch that they're not used to or they're not they're not comfortable with and that stands stands out that for me mm, I, I, I would I mean if you look at the later games in Rosler's reign quite often you would see us come out and have a cracking 10 minutes 15 minutes and you think right we've got this sorted and that to me says that the stuff in the dressing room is right because they're coming out they're coming out strong but because you've had that confidence chipped away as soon as it starts to go wrong, you start thinking, ah, hang on, shit, right, I've just got to play this safe, better take it easier. And that's when you start just drifting backwards and backwards and backwards. What, what I think will be the next step in that, somebody is just going to sit there and go, I've had enough of this, balls to it, I'm just going to give it a crack. And if it fails, it fails, and I don't care, because it's crap anyway. Somebody, like Sean Maloney, like... Um, Callum McManaman who can pick the ball at the feet is going to get the ball at the feet and think sod it I'm just going to run with it and it's going to start to work from there 
Hilton. Can I just interrupt? No, sure. Yeah, sure. Sean Malone and Callum McManaman, at their best, are undisputably fantastic players. Those two players that played at Watford on Saturday were nothing like the players they are capable of being. Nothing like another world, actually, in my opinion. I agree. You agree? Mm. I, uh, well, that again, why is it right? I'd say right. because the best we've seen of Sean Malone has been in a Scotland shirt where he's known exactly where he's playing, what his role is, and he's got confidence in the players who are playing in front of him and can feed off them. He's happy with what he's doing. That's when players flourish. And he's playing with better players as well, that's another thing. He's played really well playing with better players with us. Of course you do, but what yeah. I'm saying is that that's where he gets the confidence from. He's got confidence in the lads in front of him. He knows that they're going to do their job, which allows him to just concentrate on his game. If you've actually got one eye on a teammate to make sure that they're doing alright, then you can't be giving 100%, can you? Right, okay, let's move on from that. Right, back to the Watford game on Saturday. You two went. Um, Ben Watson's come back in the team, been taking the dead balls again, not very successfully, yeah, I may add. But we had a we had a corner. Uh, oh yes. Superbly delivered. Nearly a bit of a deja vu moment. Yeah. Um, That's the front post. Yeah. McCann. McCann said McCann. Scored a goal. So what, what I'm alluding to here, uh, should we let Ben Watson anywhere near the ball when it's when we've got a corner, or should we keep him away from it and let somebody like McLean take it on the low on it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think Watson should take it. McLean took a few minutes after. Yeah, he did, did he? I yeah. think I think Watson should be on the edge of the box, just you know, glancing header. Perhaps yeah. you never know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that was a good point on that. Right. Okay. Let's move on now. Um, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to do a look. We're <coughs> look at Saturday's game against Rotherham. We've got a guest coming on in a moment. Uh, he's going to join us via the new phenomenon known as Skype. It's not new. Well, it's in Rotherham. Oh, and they've only had it a week, so <laughs> let's keep our fingers crossed that it's going to work. Don't say that when he's on. No, well, we won't say I, I believe he's a, he's a big fan. Now, by big fan, I don't mean if he's a big fan or he's a big fan of Rotherham, one or the other. So, this it, is a bloke and he's, there's big in there. We're not going to insult him in any way. Anyway, before we, we, we talk to him, his name's Paul, Paul Roberts. Uh, the Latics and Rotherham have met 31 times in all competitions during the year. And we have the best of it with 19 wins to their nine, so we're, we're well up there. Uh, this season, Rotherham are on 21 points from 21 games in 21st position. Is it 21 games? It is yeah. 21 games, yeah. That's amazing. So they're on 21 points. From 21 games and the 21st in the table. Oh, mm. uh, they've only won four matches. How many have we won? Three. Oh, they've won one more than us then. Uh, but they've drawn a lot. They've drawn nine and lost eight. Have they scored 21 goals? No, they've only scored 16, Dan, so it's, uh, it's, uh, they've yeah, conceded 26. They'll be in 22, 22, 22. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. That's what yeah. we're looking for. Yeah. Um, referee, Keith Stroyd. Uh, he's 44 years old from Bournemouth, he's coming a long way into Christmas weekend. So far this season he's had 19 games, he's issued 92 yellows in those 19 games, that's quite a lot, and three reds. Uh, we've, he's ref the Latics three times previously, uh, the first time was when he was in the Premier League, he had a couple of seasons in the Premier League before getting demoted. We lost that game away at Reading 2-1 in 2007. 
It refereed us last season away at Burnley. We lost that game 2 0. And the other game it was referee in, we were winning 1 0. And he abandoned the game at Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday. So it sounds like this fellow's got someone against us. Oh, it's clueless this man, man. Rubbish, yeah. you remember the, the Burnley goal? Yeah. The free kick. Free kick. Yeah. Where it was. Yeah. I wouldn't have scored if it no. was Do we know why exactly he was demoted? Because he's rubbish. He has his favourites and if they're winning he abandons the game. <laughs> if, if they're not winning. Yeah. yeah. So obviously he doesn't like us. So that's Keith Stroud. He's not Portsmouth. Boo. Boo, yeah. Mm. Get a proper like job. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, when he was demoted from the uh, Premier League, you'll never guess who took his place. Oh no. Postman Well. Oh right. He took tip of my tongue. He's a good friend of ours. Kevin Friend. Kevin, Kevin Friend. <laughs> yeah, Kevin uh, Friend took no, his I'm place. Not saying it. <laughs> right, okay. So let's see if we can get through. He's busy uh, over the Christmas period. Dan. Sorry. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get another mince pie. <laughs> I've mentioned it's a festive edition, this. Oh no. no. So this is what's matter with everybody. They've been on the drinking sherry, a couple <laughs> of Baileys and Miss Pies, and they're Thank all they're bumping and trumping and giggling away. Right, let's see if we can get in touch with Paul over in Rotherham. Uh, let's introduce uh, yeah. Paul Roberts to the uh, to the podcast. Now Paul is a miller and uh, you're, you're a big uh, Rotherham supporter aren't you? Well no you're not a big Rotherham supporter, you're a big supporter of the Rotherham, of the... Can <laughs> I start all that again? <laughs> Think you're better? I don't know if you're big or not to be honest, but anyway. Well, it, well the, pictures, the pictures at a good angle you see so you miss the rest of me. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll go with that. So how long have you been a fan of the Millers though? I can remember my first game in 1964. Wow, wow! No, that's that's yeah. what you call. That's what. Um, who did you play? Uh, Coventry City. And did you win? Um, no, it was the season they went up. But, but that's the first game I can re ever remember going to on my own. Yeah. I had been going before then because my auntie used to wash the uh, the kit. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I was taken down, and from being very very young, I was taken to Millmore. Was Ronnie Moore the manager in them days? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, the first manager I can remember just celebrated his 90th birthday, Danny Williams. Oh yeah, he sang, uh, he sang Moon River, Danny, didn't he? I remember he did, that. He did, yes. Moon River. Breakfast at Tiffany's. But, yeah, that's the one, that's the one. That's the one. Deep blue he, also, he also took Swindon to the, uh, the League Cup final and beat Arsenal 1-0. So, um, first of all, are you coming over on Saturday? No. Um, uh, we will be in St Helens the week after, but can't make it this Saturday. In what? I've got a brother who lives in St Helens. <laughs> can, can we terminate this podcast oh, straight away now? St Helens? You don't admit to that. It's like turning around and saying your best mate lives in Sheffield. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's a rugby fan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, so you're not coming over. Well, uh, no. On Saturday we've got, there's a big Christmas fur going on down at the ground, uh, commemorating uh -huh. the, the football truce from uh, 1914, uh, it's going to be a wonderful day, so any, any Millers yeah. fans coming over, if you want to get over a bit early, there's entertainment on from 10am in the morning, there's a, a bar outside selling, uh, uh, selling cheap, cheap, strong alcohol, <laughs> bit of a recipe for disaster I think really. And pies. Uh, and there's, uh, there's uh, well I don't know because the Scots guards are there with the pipes and drums so uh, 
they'll be taking care of security for us. But it should be a good day out. What with the package? Sounds brilliant. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, as you say, you've been a supporter of uh, of Rotherham quite a while now, and uh, we have some loose connections with Rotherham, don't we? I mean, one of our uh, longest serving, our longest serving player at the moment, he's just turned into a coach. Um, Mike Pollitt is an ex-Rotherham mm-hmm. player, isn't he? Legend, legend between the sticks, yeah. I've not got a mouthful of midfield. Yeah, he's now a coach at Wigan Athletic. I don't know if you've been following his progress since he left. Have you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, because he, he went there as sort of second string keeper, and then he had a good run. Who was it behind? Was it behind Kirkland? It was behind Filan, I think, and then he's, he yeah. became the first choice goalkeeper for a spell, for a long spell, yeah. actually. He played in the cup final, the Talon Cup Cup final for us, and then got yeah. injured after about 10 minutes and he had to go off. Yeah, mm. yeah I remember that, yes. He's a bit of a rum lad as well, I believe. I believe he was the dressing room joker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's changed then. No. no he's a um, cr- cracking keeper. I think he was, uh, yeah, he was a cracking if you looked at him, I think he was the best in uh, in the division when we got him at, at Millmore, and he really did. Um, he, he put the fans at, at ease because you know if it got past the the defence, you got a chance that Polly were going to stop it. The season we went up into the Premier League. Did, did you know we've been in the Premier League? Yes, yes I do. And did yeah. you, did you, do you know we won the FA Cup in 2013 <laughs> as well? <laughs> we'll actually get that in. Do you know at the point we won the FA Cup, Rotherham were the fourth division side? Were they? Yeah. So that's... Yeah. Uh, it's only like a year and a, just over a year ago. Yeah? yeah? They were fourth division side, now they come to the DW on, some, on Saturday as favourites. Yeah. Ahead of yeah. us. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, that's right. I've totally forgot one of the... Oh yeah. Oil as well at the moment. Yeah. Sorry? We're a, we're a bit of a club in transition at the moment as well. Oh, that's a, that's a, a modern word, isn't it? Transition oh, for when things yeah. go wrong. It's a very managery word. Folds have been making them since the 1960s. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, that season we went up into the Premier League. We played. Uh, that was the last time we played Rotherham, and uh, Mike Pollitt, Mike Pollitt, uh, put in a tremendous display. We, we beat it two 0 but he was man of the match. Ed and Shoulders, the man of the match, on both sides. And it, it, it had taken us until uh, about the 70th minute uh, before we could break through with numerous chances. And I think off that performance alone was, was the reason why Paul Jewell uh, stepped in to sign him and bring him to the Latics from Rotherham at the end of that season. Mm, yeah, yeah it, it was a tremendous game, that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think there's a lot of transfers based on, on that sort of thing where a manager sees a player as outstanding as he was that day that says I've got to have him in my side yeah Paul Warren he's Paul another Warren. he's another can I just ask you a question though something that's really annoying me a little bit is it the New York Stadium or the New York Stadium the New York Stadium so as opposed to the old York Stadium no um, New York was an area of Rotherham ah well there you go we've got um, something this evening Right, like I say, like I said, you've not been having the best of seasons this uh, this campaign. How, how, how have you been playing? I've noticed that you've not been scoring a lot of goals. Is that some sort of uh, is that due to the formation you're playing, or are you lacking up front? Um, it's due to the formation. I think we're playing. It, if you look at the team, 
the nucleus of the team is what played for us in Division 2 and Division 1 and we've kept that sort of formation with Revel up top um, defences are much harder to break down and this is why I've said at the moment we're a club in a bit of transition because we're now looking to get the ball down and start playing it more on the floor So have you brought anybody in this season? Have we ever? Because <laughs> you said the nucleus uh, of the side was basically the same side that was in the lower leagues So who have you brought in? Well, we made 17 signings in the close season Really? Yeah Matt Derbyshire who's played that's another one of your near neighbours Blackman mm-hmm. Good player he's, he's just, He just can't get the rub of the green and score at the moment Did you get him from Forest? We did Yeah we got him on a free uh, from Forest on a Bosman Right yeah. um, What's yeah. the manager? Who's, the, who's your manager? Uh, Steve Evans Are you happy with him? Yeah I think he's he's um, I think he's had a bit of a culture shock, in my opinion, when we've got up here. I don't think he's, his game plan has worked as well now he's got up to this level. But you can't fault his, his track record, what is it, eight promotions in nine seasons? Yeah, yeah, he's done well, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Let's hope he does better than Rosley did this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, but... I, I, I admire him for his, 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 what he's done, but I'm not sure I'd want to go out for a pint with him. No, well, yeah, you've got a pint of that. I don't know, you pulled a good gag on Saturday, Did referring it? to uh, Stuart Pearce thought you brought along Robin Hood with him, because he'd, he'd nicked a pint. Thought <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, is that the Glasgow you were all coming out? Stop opening all them Christmas crackers, you know that, don't yeah. you? Yeah. If you think that's funny. <laughs> um, can, can I ask, we signed a player in the summer who'd, who'd been with Rotherham last season, had a good season apparently, James Tavernier. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we've, we've not seen much of him, so what's your thoughts on him? Um, he's a terrible player, just send him back to us. <laughs> right. right, so uh, obviously he's a good one. Yeah. He's, he is. Have a look at um, have a look on YouTube. Um, he, he can strike a football. A few goals he, he, he put in from us from free kicks and things like that. Um, I think he put one away. We played Notts County last season, beat them five uh, nil. And the first one was a, a free kick, I think, from Tavernier. He's really good, very mobile. Yeah, I do remember. I think he scored a free kick from just outside the area in pre-season. But since then, he's not had that many chances because we've had people like Maloney and then latterly Watson who are ahead of him in the pecking order. And also McLean. So... I I, I rate him. He was... I think we would be a much, much better uh, balanced backline with the tabs in it. So did he play as a right back or was he, did he play as a wing back? More a wing back really. Yeah, because he's, he's defensively. His qualities are good. Defensively, he's not been. He, he seemed to be lacking a bit for us. Offensively, going forward, he, he was quite good, and his, his quality of delivery into the box was was quite good as well. It was just he got mm. caught out a couple of times, you know, at the back. Well, again, that's the step up, isn't it? You know, that might have just. Um, 
caught him out and, and, and got to get up to speed. Yeah, yeah. So, Paul, um, what do you think your predicted lineup will be for Saturday? Who, who, how do you see uh, the Millers lining up? Um, I don't think there's going to be much change from last week's lineup. I know, um, in my opinion, I would start with Revel and Derbyshire up front. Right. Um, that being said, Derbyshire has supposedly got um, um, an injury or an illness, depending on which paper you read. Sounds like some of our players, that one. Yeah. Well, I don't. Um, I'm not fully convinced that he's injured. Right. Okay. So there might be something else going on there. Yeah, yeah. Transfer window coming up. Look, with the way Steve turn players over, I think he's signed 66 players in two and a half years. Grief, yeah. <laughs> Sounds a bit like championship manager, that, doesn't it, on the, on the old computer? It does, and that's yeah. why I'm a bit embarrassed when you said to me, who do you think the side will be on Saturday? I don't think Steve Evans knows at the moment. Right. Well, that's, again... The transition bit. It's a bit, that yeah. was on about. It's a bit of deja vu on our part. That yeah, that's we've been like that for about the last eight months. Yeah, we've been chopping and changing every week, and quite a few people think that's why we are where we are because we've not had a settled team. Yeah, and if you look at some, of, I know we're arcing back a bit, but in, in past years, the great sides, you could virtually say eleven players who were going to turn out, and with the odd injury or whatever. Uh, and, and they knew where each one were playing yeah well you only have to look t- to last season of the championship with Leicester and Burnley both of them had settled sides and, and they walked away with the division this season there is no settled sides and, and it's as close as it's ever been but do you think this is managers taking it to what they believe is the next level where they've got to be enigmatic and change things and you know uh, we, we, we've got to move things about and we're playing a different formation against this side I'm a great believer in, in letting the opposition worry about us. Yeah, we've been saying that all season, and uh, uh, possibly that's one of the reasons uh, Hubert Rosler got got the chop with us because he was chopping and chasing the sand so much, and it, it just oh. didn't work. And he was concerned about the opposition more than our own threat. Yeah. Mm. So, have you got a prediction for Saturday for us? Well, how do you think we're going to turn out score-wise? <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's going to be six apiece. <laughs> <laughs> um, we might have six shots apiece <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think the most we're going to get is a one-nil. Um, now we, we we just had two games recently where I said there were six pointers for us, which were Birmingham and Blackpool, and we took one point. Uh-huh. So this. It, to me, is a real, real must-win against you. So I'm hoping uh, it's going to be a one-nil uh, to us. Right. Well, even if we did beat you, we can't go above you because you're four points ahead of us. Um, you uh-huh. know, so I don't think any of us are sort of be throwing money at, at an all-win, would we, lads? No. no. Yeah. Well, no. well, Mick would and Adam. <laughs> but apart from that, always back. Um, it, it's a funny old division I mean if you look at this division the clubs that you see 
has been championship clubs Middlesbrough, Leeds, Derby Cardiff, Fulham Nottingham Forest they're all big names but if you look beyond the name of the club the, the sides aren't the sides that they were obviously no. to me this is a bad season to be in championship as a newcomer into it because um, there is a lot of established sides, sides that have come down from the Premier League and still got parachute payments <coughs> I was going to say Wigan Athletic as well but parachute <laughs> payments I'm not sure how much of that is left uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we're cutting our cloth accordingly now so uh, we, we'll probably be having a bit of a clear out in January um, so uh, we've got ourselves a new manager maybe you're facing us at the wrong time we don't know he's not had the best of starts um, one point from four games you're not kidding one point from four games as I've just been reminded yeah. but uh, the, the you know it, it has to turn around sometime and uh, you know I, I believe on Saturday with the play at Watford they played a little bit better than what they have been playing so uh-huh. you know um, our problem is we've no striker we don't have a striker at the club Mm. Yeah, we now we have a, we have a guy right. up front for us, Alex Revel. Yeah, that I think you're going to have to uh, take note of right. because no no situation is lost when Revel's on the field. Right, so he will, he will chase down defenders and, and run his blood to water. He revels in adversity, does he? Next oh. <laughs> Yeah, get in there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So is he, yeah. Is, is he, uh, is he um, a, an orange centre or is he one of those caramels? Oh, they're all coming out tonight. I'll tell you. Yeah, she's been at the crackers again. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, Robert, we're ta- on this this uh, festive evening. We've taken your time long enough. Um, yeah. It's a pity you're not coming over on Saturday because I'm sure you'd have enjoyed you'd have enjoyed the day, but as much as anything else, you know, we're all looking forward to what's going to be an exciting uh, an exciting day down at the DW on on Saturday and with the band playing and the, and the forcey sweetheart singing. So it's going to you know. It, me and you will be back to our area of 1914. Do you know the first the first season yeah. we actually played each other? Do you know when that was? Oh, I, I think it was at Millmore. No, it wasn't. It was at Springfield it Park. Was, was you, it? It was in 1935 in an FA oh, Cup right. tie, and we were just a, a young club in those days. We'd only been formed for two years, and you beat right. us. Barry was one at Ball Boys. I was, yeah. <laughs> Ball Boy. <laughs> yeah, you beat us. Um, yeah. And then we didn't face you again until we got into the, the old Division 3. That was the next time we met, which That's, was back in the 80s. That was that was the one I was thinking of. Yeah. He played us at Millmore in the 80s. Who was your manager? Was, was, was that when Emily News was there? No. No. Uh, he, uh, he, he came to us when we were in the old Division 2 where we are now we'd gone up the season previously with Ian Porterfield as manager uh-huh. and then Ellie News had a season and three quarters as manager and then got sacked because we were going down I think it would have been somebody like uh, George Kerr George Kerr not an name that jumps out to me in that one so no <laughs> no his fat is roundy bounces on the ground <laughs> Grand Salt. <laughs> Grand Salt. <laughs> Just wait till he comes back. You oh, I don't know. Are you, are you taking him back? Yes. We need him. We need him. We've nobody up front. We've nobody at all. We're desperate. It, isn't it amazing how one manager sees nothing in a player? Well, two managers didn't see much in him, did they? Isn't it amazing how a podcast sees nothing in a player? 
Yeah. And, and uh, I know somebody that um, works at Huddersfield, and they would love to keep him. Would they? Right. Well, they're not having him. Yeah, he's, always, <laughs> he's going to come back and he's going to save our season. Yes. Is he? he well, <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you said that then. <laughs> Is there? No, no pressure on him then. <laughs> no pressure. I'm getting a bit of sticky, you know, by the way I'm talking about it, Holter. Anyway, right, Paul, we'd like to wish you all the best for the season, but. It might come down between us and you at the end of the season, so um, I still wish you all the best. I, I do, well, this is the thing. I mean, I, knowing what's going off, I would have loved to have been across because I'm a great believer in sport, and you should be able to sit with a guy from the opposite club, and you don't come into blows and falling out. It's a football match. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're at Leeds on Boxing Day, so I don't think that'll happen, though. <laughs> no, we, we've got Huddersfield on Boxing Day. Oh, that's a, that's a nice little derby game for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nice little trick for them, that. Yeah. 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 Uh, but the same to you, wish you all the best. I hope you, uh, I hope you have gone a good run after you've played us. <laughs> right, well, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And uh, hopefully we'll speak to you for the return fixture. Certainly will. All look right. Forward to, look forward to meeting you when you come across here. Okay. Cheers, Paul. Thank Cheers, you, Paul. Paul. Have a nice Christmas. Bye. Bye. All the best. Bye. Well, that was Paul. It's a decent enough blow, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, mm. I don't think they were going to win one 0 though, do you? No. I don't know. I'm going to win no, two 0 no. That would be bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to put another shilling in meter as well because he keep kept losing connection, didn't he? Is it running off gas? Is it running off gas over there? I thought they had a good internet over in Yorkshire with that, uh, the well, lad. Oh, it's not a fibre optic, Barry. I think it's only <laughs> a low grade internet provider. 28k. Oh, optic. <laughs> Teletext. Love it. I've been to Rotherham. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm very near Rotherham tomorrow. That's a lovely lady that I had it. Anyway. I hope oh, she's not listening to this. <laughs> if, 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 if you are love, I'm not Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, right, let's move on. So, uh, well, before we do, let's have some, uh, let's, let's have some predictions for, for the Rotherham game, Gareth. We've got to win sometime. We've got to win sometime. And, we're, you know, uh, like I say, we can't get out of the bottom three, but really we've got to play against teams like the, that are down there with us. We're going to beat them. 3-0. 3-0 to Gareth. Adam? 6-0 to us. 6-0, <laughs> love it. Oh, I've had this feeling that it'll be a win that'll kickstart us give us our confidence and I just feel a 6-0 will do us and there's way to get us all this positive no, <laughs> no, 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 no. it's going on Arkish too is that what it is he's been listening to all the editions of the podcast some of those I'm predictions that, uh, yeah I think um, rather than going to part of us they've got a four point gap at the minute on us uh, we're going to try and we're going to off and puff all the we'll not score I think rather will hit us on the break uh, 2 0. 2 0, Rob? Oh. We're rubbish. As well, all right, yeah. <laughs> Mick, <laughs> Mick, let's move on quickly. Come on. Uh, Reverse well, psychology, come on. Reverse psychology. Actually, I think we're going to do a Birmingham on them. I think we're going to uh, get at least 4. 4 0. We've got to lose 8 0. <laughs> Paul? Uh, <laughs> forget the reverse psychology. This is just too confusing. I walked in the living room yesterday. Mrs. watching something where Luke Skywalker was killing FBI agents. As my head, but I'm. He was watching the pods. One, one. One, one. It was some. some. 
She watches out with police in it. Damn. <laughs> well, sorry, I was miles away there. I was away on Endor or wherever. Sorry, yes. If we do win, it's going to be very, very close indeed. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. For the first sure. time, we're going to turn a point into three. I'm with you, Dan. I think we're going to win 2-1 on, on Saturday. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, season... Uh, it gives us a happy Christmas at least. It's going to be my uh, scoop of the year, this on the coupon. You take 4 0 Fortuna for goal. See yeah. what happens. See what the odds are on that. I'll be slapping a couple of quid on that. Well, no, he's, I, I he's said, not playing. I said that. And then, you know, when they beat Newcastle, we'll clean up front. I hope McLean's not up front. I really hope McLean's not up front. Sorry. All right. Right, okay. Did, did we all listen to Malcolm McKay last week? Yes. Or, yeah. yeah. What do you think? <laughs> it was interesting stuff on leadership was interesting yeah. and as you were saying earlier about discussing and running over where they've gone wrong or almost as though he wants the team to rectify itself rather than impose a stamp on it <coughs> which yeah. I, I found quite yeah, interesting you've got a bit of an insight into his managerial yeah. style I think with, with that with what Paul said um, it, it was a decent listen it's not the most inspiring when you listen to him talk about football or No. But I think he's a big character and I think he's got the attributes to turn it round eventually. I think what would be great was, would be if one of us could be a fly on the wall at one of them meetings. Uh, because we were. These two were. We were there. <laughs> what? Whilst he's doing the debrief with the players? Oh, oh sorry. Oh. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. when you think about it, is he just highlighting, or was Rosler just highlighting negative things? Or was he trying to promote positive stuff up? Ah, as well? For me, I don't understand, uh, but I'd, I, it seemed like the stuff had gone on and he, and, and he said that's not the case anymore. Not just with, with that, but with other things. It seemed to be where, he said he listens to his coaches, didn't he? Remember that bit? He yes. says once a week he gets them into a room, they all sit around the table and, the, and they, they will listen. He said, I do not want yes men around me. No, I thought the way he, he said it, I was taking it as though it was referred without actually saying the, the previous fella were like this. It seemed back to me like he was referring to it. I might have been reading too much into it. I don't know, but that's what I thought. But yeah, a manager's supposed to lead. You do get feedback. You do listen. But the thing is, is you don't find out your job through your underlings. No, but you don't want yes men around you, do you? Telling you. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Uh, or you're doing it right. Yeah, keep on, keep on going. That if you if if you're overlooking something, you need somebody. That David Kerslake who's with him. But, I, but what makes them right though? Well, it doesn't. It's just another That's point, fair, isn't yeah. it? It's just another point of view, another thing to look at, to listen to, and consider. Well, it's it's obvious to everybody. Even even a blind man and his blind rat would know that we're giving a crap. At the yeah. Moment but what, what we're talking about now, uh, Michael, is because time's ticking. Is is the Malcolm McKay interview. We know all that it's a crap. Yeah, no, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. What, what I'm getting at, though, is the fact that if you're only going to be highlighting po negative stuff in, in meetings and stuff like that, concentrating on that, why, why not pushing the positives? Why are you not actually it building does. confidence it with does. the players by turning around and saying, but this was great, look at this, this is what happened. It does. Have you, have you listened to it? No. I can tell. <laughs> I do <laughs> He said all that, that's what he said. He said all that, he was saying how he, he, he does accentuate the positives, how he, he does try to bring people out by doing certain drills and where they can't speak and then he picks on one of the yeah. youngers and he's the only one who can do any talking and leading yeah. and, and trying to bring those qualities out so all, he, he doesn't have one leader on the pitch he has a, a team of leaders there's different management styles aren't there yeah. if, if you, it, it was quite interesting I thought yeah. if you're going to 
lead in a dictatorial management style where I'm the boss, you do as you're told, and we all do the same thing because you do is what I tell you. Or, or if you get everybody's views and buy, get everybody's buy-in and build something as a team, as a unit, you know, yeah. you as the manager don't actually have to do much because you, you guys around you should be doing it. I think that did occur I don't know, again, Dan, I thought, for me, you trusted him like he trusted himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. the very fact that he was there at the meeting, team, yeah. because Rosler didn't bring his right-hand man in, did well, he? Well, one, didn't he? Mm. Martinez only, only came on his own as well, didn't he? The way, yeah. way forward for Wigan Athletic at the moment is to have a manager who identifies a certain philosophy of the way to play football. He gets all his players to buy into it, he gets all his coaches to buy into it. The coaches then contribute whatever they know to, to achieve that goal and that aim. That, that will then mean that the club will actually move forward. Until we've got that, until we've got that clarity from club chairman right down to the tea lady in the, in, in the club and stuff like that, or tea person in the club, it's not going to happen. But how, what, how about you, you get everybody together and get a, a, a combined view? And then take that forward that you've all chipped into and all contributed to. Well, that, that's what evolves, don't it? That's what evolves from the people you've got. Because you can't come up with a philosophy and an ethos and a style to play football and then say, oh dear, we ain't got the place to be able to do that. So what you do is you come in, you have a look, you have a look at the place. So after three weeks, the manager should now be putting forward, right, this is how this club at this moment can make progress because this is the best style of football to play with this particular group of players but we could, it can change it all in, in 10 days yeah. but, oh, it's it's be, but let's it. be realistic is that going to happen yeah because you said there's players leaving yeah in January but are there players actually playing at the moment one of them is <laughs> maybe yeah two of them are well I, we, we've already yeah. discussed this we had the table yeah. a couple of weeks ago didn't we yeah. how many players are actually going to be moving on Right. And it's going to be more than we actually think. Talk of moving on, let's move on. Good to right. What do we want for Christmas? Now, I was, going, I was hoping that we could spend a bit of time on this, but due to the fact that uh, time is pressing, uh, let's, let's have a quick... Mixed let's up. just throw something sort of table Mixed and then... What do we want for Christmas? A return right. train ticket for Grant's Holt. What's the return in Bassfield? To Wiggy. Single. Oh. <laughs> return to Wiggy. Okay. Grant Salt. Come back, Grant Salt. Barry's writing all these down. Anything else? Forget striker. Forget Good Grant Salt. Forget a striker. You want Roberto Martinez back. <laughs> it's not going to happen, is it? Bobby. Dan, what do you want for Christmas? I just want to stay in the division. But I also want issue number two of the old Gunlatics fanzine which is out this Saturday in fact it's out now you can pre-order it you can buy that's, it online that's cheap that that's cheap that <laughs> that's cheap you can buy it from the bridge at the Rotherham game it costs £2 and yes please do buy it because so, so. Mr Barry Worthington has a contribution as do I oh well well that's a good plug that Dan <laughs> the 12 wins of Christmas I believe it is yeah I, I, I would send a Christmas cracker to Fortuna and in it, instead of it being a joke, would be a copy of the offside group. Use that one. Right, Gareth, what do you want for Christmas? Johnny Gomez, or somebody similar. Johnny Gomez. Adam, what do you want for Christmas? Um, Maloney signed a new contract. Rob, what do you want for Christmas? Right, Carrie. Well, 
you can send more than one thing, but you're only getting one because <laughs> I've altered mix. He's only I having one. No, I, I've done. Oh, excuse me, I've got another one. Oh. You write a list to Father Christmas. No, you don't just send one. You <laughs> write a list. So when we're when we're running out of time, when people are switching off, we just do one. Go on. I love Tony Pulis. <laughs> Tony oh, really? Pulis. Oh, yeah. But right. Finally, my uh, Christmas wish is a simple one: three points. I'll be happy with that. Right. But Leeds Boxing Day, players' gesture. What do we think of that? Oops. Guess who's now going? You going? <laughs> well, I feel like a hypocrite. No, I don't know whether I should oh. say this live or not, or, or say this out, but last week, when the, when the club put that out, they had, within five minutes of it being tweeted that the players were going to do it, they had two complaints. Really? Yeah. The first complaint was, why are you only doing 500? Yes. And the second complaint was, why are you not supporting the boycott? <clears throat> if they don't sell them 500 Wigan Athletic gets stuck with them tickets and they've bought them from Leeds United I think it doesn't necessarily solve the long term problem it might solve the short term problem we get to go to the Boxing Day game but the wider idea of the boycott yeah. well, do, you, do you think or do you think it would make more news the fact that the players of the Latics think it's so unjust that they're actually going to pay half of the half of the ticket price as opposed to just doing a boycott with the press will set because they're only going to send three fans anyway and really like they always do don't they I mean, I mean at least fans come on and say you don't send anybody anyway well, well that was it and I had to point out then we've only played them twice two league games haven't we yeah and we, two, and two four thousand. Oh no, yeah. four, four league games. We played, played them twice at Ellen Road. Yeah, yeah but in the league, we're two four thousand. Exactly over four thousand. Yeah, and then on a Tuesday night, running up, it was the week before Maribor away last season. So there was a lot of people saving up for that Tuesday night. We still took about seven eight hundred. Yeah, on, well, on a Wednesday, and not everyone can get there. The thing that really hammers it home for me today was the announcement by Sheffield Wednesday. They were also at home on Boxing Day. And do you know what they're charging? What? What they're doing? A kid for a quid. So on the same day that Latix kids are being charged 18 quid a ticket. 29. 29. No, 29. Kids, kids is 18. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was 29. 29? I, I looked it up. Sure it was 18. It's the cheapest. 29 quid for kids. So go on. So anyway, Sheffield is It's a pound. Yeah. It was 18 quid last season. It's 29 quid this I, I just, I, no, I looked at them. I, I might have misread it on the club website. I did it quick. Just All their B's and under 16 is 29, 29 quid. 29 yeah. quid. Yeah. Do you not think by only giving 500 it's restricting the fan base to 500? Because you're not going to get 500 people paying a certain price and then thinking, oh, I'll go. They've all done, by the way, those tickets. They sold, they sold 500. Well, yeah. I think they've done it to get the hardcore fans, though. The, one, you know, the ones who go watching week in, week out, well, away from home. It's a gesture to them because they're the ones who's, who generally go. So it's a fair enough gesture there, but they can't complain to the club saying why you're not backing the boycott. We're in the relegation zone, we need fans there. So double edged yeah, sword, they're never going to win, are they? No matter what they do, they're going to come in to, to criticism. Maybe, maybe somebody's, somebody who's, who's, who's put it forward is. I've had a bit of the thunder taken away by this, and, and perhaps that's what they're a bit sore, sore at, without going into the politics of it all. Maybe it's just a bit of so we're great you because. Can't, you can't blame the club for supporting no. the team. You no. know, I'm, I'm, I'm I think it's a fantastic gesture yeah. anyway. Yeah. Right, FA Cup returns, Bolton away. What do we make of the draw? Are we going? 
15 quid. Ten pounds. Yeah, not that yeah. tremendous. Proper pricing. Proper pricing. Whatever it should be. As we finalise, it's Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon, three o'clock. Three o'clock, first clock kicked in. Are we all walking it though then? I'll be though. I'll be walking. Not walking. Gosh, five quid. Uh, just before we finish, I'd like to. Uh, I've spoken to Noel Ward, ex Classics player. Uh, he was going to come along tonight, but he unfortunately couldn't make it. Uh, but he's going to come on a an episode very shortly. So that we're was going him to, on the phone then. Well, it wasn't. But we're going to have uh, uh, an ex player coming along. Also, uh, we've got two guests coming from the club on uh, in January. They're going to be here. Ian Lathwaite, who is the commercial manager, and Ian Wadsworth, who's one of the supporters liaison officers, and they're going to come along and just give, have a chat with us and join in on the podcast, so that's something to, to look forward to. So, uh, before we finish tonight, I'd just like to take this opportunity to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. If you're down at the Diesel Stadium on Saturday, there's the Christmas fair, there's a bar outside, and if you come along and recognise me, you, I'll, I'll allow you to buy me a pint. Very <laughs> oh, uh, nice here. Yeah, you. You know, I'd really look forward to that. So if you want to do that, that's fantastic. Uh, I know Mix uh, said he'll buy anybody a pint who recognises him. <laughs> so I'll be the I am Mick, so I'll be looking forward to that pint. I'll buy everyone a pint if they come and talk to me as well. Will you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Alright, I'll come and talk to you. Fair enough then. Yeah. <laughs> you want to wait them to Shropshire? Oh, you're not going? No. Oh, Part-time. Robert. <laughs> Part-time. Oh. Part-time. At least you're not going Asda shopping. Like ah. you did last season. Ah. That was before <laughs> kick yeah, No, never mind. I'm not going over this again. It was before. <laughs> Do your research. Bournemouth at home, FA Cup. Does it matter? It does matter. It does I'm allowed to go shopping prior to a football No, you missed game. the game because you went shopping. Yes. In my memory. <laughs> in my memory. Do your research. You missed the pre-match rummaging around in Thursday. You missed me and Dan nah. interviewing them Bournemouth fans, didn't you? I, I missed that. Yeah, no, <laughs> you did. Head of O's Red Army. Well, do you remember? Yes. Yeah. yeah, of course you do. Merry Christmas everyone and a happy new year because we'll be back in January. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And you'll be able to rerun this. If you get bored over Christmas, Boxing Day. What state are we going to be in as a club come January? Yeah. That's the, that's the so, so three easy fixtures. Well, <laughs> <laughs> three easy fixtures. So we should be aiming for as many. It's the Wars of the Roses. Well, as a private, a private fra- Fraser from Dan's Emma would say, we're all doomed. <laughs> we're all doomed. <laughs> Just before we finish, yeah, round yeah, the table, yeah. the best game of 2014. Oh, cracking. Latics game that you've seen. Ooh. Yeah, easy. And you can't say City away. Oh, come on. Oh. All right, you can say that if you want. City away. Right. I'm going to say the uh, Cup semi-final against uh, Arsenal. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say that one as well. Rob? 3-0 away at Sheffield Wednesday was already. Ah, yeah. 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 Forest away. Oh, oh yeah. Changed my mind to Forest yeah. away. That was yeah. better. <laughs> Reading so, not really. Reading at all. Reading at all. Yeah. You know that? For me, has been the best game. I agree, they're all fantastic games. And that City away, the best tackle I've ever seen. Oh, the best block from Boyce. Oh, just oh, incredible. Brilliant. But the best game, what I enjoyed more than any in 2014, was the home game against Leicester City when we drew to a piece. Just for everything about it, entertaining football, great banter between the two sets of supporters. They loved us, we loved them, and it was just, yeah. if every game was like that, that stadium would be packed every week. Mm. More of them this coming season. Yes, please. Who was Boston? Well, it was who there, wasn't it? Yeah, who we all there? thought that was going to be a Premier League fixture next season. We did, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. 
Anyway. Right, on that note, it's a Happy New Year from me. And it's a Merry Christmas from us. Thank you, Dan, you got one. Happy Christmas. Churchill comes over here to say we're doing splendidly But it's very cold out here in the snow Marching to and from the enemy Oh, I say it's tough, I have had enough Can you stop the cavalry?